0: Log Talk Radio. i Shinsky, and you're listening to Live Without Limits, the dreams come true with the right mindsets, coming to you from the Blog Talk Radio Network. And today we're going to talk about the nine things that aren't helping your mental health. Mental health challenges are global concern. One thing I'm going to tell you is that More people have mental health issues than is even documented because many people do not seek help when they really need it or they basically might go, but they're not really – there to get the help as much as they're there because someone else is making them going. Because you can't make someone want to change. They have to be willing to change on their own. So this isn't just because it costs trillions of dollars yearly with the U.S. alone racking up $225 billion in 2019. More so because even the concept of a mental health challenge is largely stigmatized and misunderstood, it is hard to recognize and even more tricky to treat. That's because mental illness is a hidden disability. And because it's hidden, because it's something you can't see unless the person starts to act out or unless... Someone says things that just don't coincide, like they don't know what's really going on. You really don't know who has issues with mental health and who doesn't. The reality is that we find ourselves making points in the glaring fact that the task of protecting, managing, and healing your mental health challenges is largely your responsibility. Taking care of your mental health is not just about therapy, practicing, meditation, or sticking to your medication. There are also things that should not do in order to help yourself. Now, I know someone who's daughter suffers from depression. And in a lot of ways, she doesn't always want to stay on her medication. So the mother, instead of trying to help her daughter, would just say, oh, she goes off the medication. I want nothing to do with her. So guess what? The brothers have nothing to do with her either, simply because that was how the mother's attitude is. And you can't help someone by not having a relationship with them. And remember this, when one person is willing to get help in the family and the others don't, there is a breakdown in the relationship of the family. Therefore, because the dynamics of a family works, because they expect each member of that family to in exactly the same way, that if one person in that relationship changes and the others don't, there is a real breakdown in that relationship. It is true. Life is full of ups and downs. For some people, it has always been the downs. And they have to struggle for the rest of their lives. Sometimes unexpected things happen that shake healthy people to the foundations of their beings, and they call these traumas. Other times, prolonged challenges from life events mount insane pressure on people's lives as they are left struggling under the immense weight. No one chooses to have mental health issues, however, it is still our responsibility To stand up and do something that the situation we live and find ourselves in. For the sake of, of this presentation, we will focus solely on the things that you might be doing that aren't helping you in your mental health. If mental health challenges are starting to overwhelm you, don't hesitate to reach out to a professional you have the mental health institute nimh which is mental health I- well institute for health issues so the mental health america is available 24 7 and you need To talk to someone in Canada, reach out to the Canadian Center for Mental Health and Sports via email, phone, or text. One of the reasons that I want to talk about mental health and its issues is very, very simple. My background is psychology and mental health. And through mental and partly, I ended up going into it because I came from a very dysfunctional family. I can remember being twelve years old, and almost every day that I can remember, I was always hit for something and most likely, just the fact that I was the one with the disability I was the that was over it that you could see. And that I had to wear a brace. Oh, it just had to be my fault. The thing is, I have a sister that was always, always, always being the one to start the arguments. And in doing so, what was she doing? She was she was actually creating the, the opportunity for everything to work out in the way it did. And and the thing is that my father came from a family where there was a lot of physical abuse. My mother came from a family where there was a lot of verbal and emotional abuse. And mostly it's because their parents came from Europe, especially Eastern Europe, and what they went through. What we do is how we are raised, and if we don't recognize it for what it is, what happens? We turn around and we literally repeat those behaviors. That until you recognize that you have to change in order to have better relationships, and mostly that's because in the past no one knew what a healthy relationship was, They never talked about it. They never understood it. They never tried to. It's only because the advancement in psychology and mental health and the knowledge of what causes certain issues that we are starting to talk about it and deal with it now. So there are nine behaviors that can harm your mental health. Isolation is the first one. Isolation simply means being disconnected from people. Not a lot of people know this. But isolation has been observed to actually physically alter the brain or lab animals. This causes the brain to shrink and can lead to other abnormal brain changes that are similar to those of patients with Alzheimer's disease. Isolation also increases the risk of depression,
1: stress,
0: anxiety, loneliness, heart attack, and stroke. So while it is advisable to cut off unhealthy social interactions, it is crucial that we build and maintain health interactions from time to time. Now, we've seen where because of COVID, people have had to isolate or keep a distance. And it's had, and it's really enhanced the observation of more and more people manifesting mental health issues simply because of the isolation. And one of the biggest issues about that is this, that we are are literally social animals in that we have four dominant behavior patterns. Some are our strengths, some are our weaknesses. But here's the thing, all of these are within us and they affect us in some ways because the two outgoing behaviors are your dominant behavior pattern and your interpersonal behavior pattern. Your your introspective or your reserved behavior patterns are the steadiness behavior pattern and the conscientious behavior pattern. And let's show you just how they literally differ. The dominant behavior pattern is someone who is very in tune to the environment, and they really believe they can control it. The person who has a high eye has very good interpersonal skills, and they can easily talk to strangers. You've got the steadiness, and that's the person that literally goes by the book. They're very reserved. They also the people that are the mediators in the family. Then you've got your conscientiousness personality. And this is where you see the child always ask questions and wants to know all the answers before they make decisions. Two, poor social interaction. Thanks to the internet, particularly social media, we can now stay connected with millions of people around the globe, and this is really good. One problem with it is that it's also created an avenue of escape reality to escape real physical social interactions. And here's the thing with all of that. The result is that those who stay glued to their screens and ignore spending quality time with loved ones can consequently emotionally starve them. The simple habit of going out and meeting new people or loved ones or putting the phone away when interacting with them can go a long way to help their mental health. And also... Because we are so used to texting now to keep in touch with someone that you can literally be in a booth where people are physically looking at each other. And instead of talking to each other, they will literally sit there and text one another rather than having interaction. Multitasking and busyness. A lot of people are very busy. Being busy for the sake of your mental health, you must figure out the difference between the tasks that are important and those that are urgent. And oftentimes, urgent tasks are not important. Judging several urgent activities often comes with cognitive costs, which brings about burnouts, this can leave you too drained for the truly important tasks and to mention being stressed and in a bad mood. So slow down and focus on the important things. The world is not on fire. Isn't that right? Well, the thing is, we are so used to doing so many different things at one time, because especially now that people be have begun to work from home more, well, then you have to have a room set aside that's your office, and you have to let your family know that they cannot just barge in when they have a problem. They have to wait till you're available, because think about it. If you were in an office somewhere and you were not there, they would have to call you and and they would only do it when it's an emergency. But because you're there, they feel like they can talk to you at any time. So you have to make sure that they know that you are really, really not available unless the door is open not putting you first. For a start, here's the thing. Saying yes to everyone is very unhealthy. For a start, it can leave a lot of dreaded and unimportant tasks on your to-do list. Not only will this make you miserable, but it can also leave you stressed, bitter, tired, resentful and sometimes sad, you need to know when to say no. Because, yes, delegating tasks is very important, but how you delegate is the best way to deal with it, in that if you're within the family, you each person within the family has a good task that they do that's theirs and no one else's and it cannot be passed along to someone else but what you can do if it's something that not that everyone doesn't like doing is you can rotate their things beforehand and remember this that your time is your time and If you're in the workplace, it's important that work be delegated out, but it's always important to understand what the individual enjoys doing and how they do it and and what they really want to do when you set it up to delegate. Suppressing your thoughts and feelings. We do not overcome our negative emotions, such as fear, anxiety, sadness, anger, or anything else by ignoring or suppressing them, but by facing and processing them. When we ignore our thoughts and emotions, we we risk having them build up only to explode or implode at an unexpected time, sometimes with an unbearable intensity. Solutions like this can lead to mental breakdowns, panic attacks, or emotional outbursts. To mention a few, these issues may be avoided if you talk to someone or found a way to not suppress negative emotions. It can be so hard to simply ask for help. And most of us don't have the coping skills or the knowledge of how to deal with these emotions, but you can learn and it can help you. Really important because I know someone that suffered from emotional blindness when they were a teenager in college and as an adult, many times have suffered panic attacks. So understanding that we need to be able to express our feelings and emotions in how we deal with everything. The problem is that whether or not in that relationship, this is why it's so important that you when you get therapy, that it be family therapy, because when it's family therapy, then what's happening is that each of you are recognizing the importance of being able to express your feelings to the other person on how they're treating you and how it makes you feel. Because if you suppress it, then it's going to come out in one way or another. Not exercising. Aside from the numerous physical benefits of exercising, it has a lot of psychological, emotional, and mental benefits. For instance, walking for just 12 minutes daily can lift your mood and help you cope with stress better. Lack of sunlight. Spending just 15 minutes daily under the sun can greatly boost your mood because sunlight helps you synthesize vitamin D, which is believed to be a mood booster. Being out in the sunlight also helps optimize your circadian rhythms so that you can sleep better at night. All of which brings about a healthier mind, even if you feel that you can't leave your house yet. Sitting by a window or out on your dose of sunshine can help. Poor sleeping habits. Anxiety, depression, stress, bipolar disorder and some other mental health challenges both caused and are worsened by the lack of adequate sleep. Due to the circular relationships between sleep and mental health challenges, it is important that sleep schedule is drawn out and followed religiously. Having an erratic sleeping pattern especially when sleep time is reduced, often leads to dark places and negative emotions. It is so important to have a specific time that you go to bed or however you do things because once you get into a routine, where you do it, where you get up at a certain time, whether you go to the bed at a certain time. It's those things, those habits, those are the things that keep you on track. And the, why sleep is so important is because when you're in a deep, deep sleep, which can usually be told because your rapid eye movements, and that's usually when you dream. And those dreams are so important to how you set goals, how you do things in the future. So understanding and recognizing all of these feelings can truly help you. Junk, drugs, and alcohol. Food and substances are often viewed as coping mechanisms, but they can also worsen the situation at times. For instance, the chances of a person struggling with a mental health challenge, harming themselves significantly rises. Once they start using substances, this may be because of how substance negatively affects their mood, other coping skills, self-esteem, and relationships. On the other hand, bringing on comfort foods may feel like a very effective means to relieve yourself and boost your mood. But just like alcohol, they can also leave you feeling depleted, ashamed, and guilty in the long run, if you don't, in moderation. Now, many of us have, or, or especially within certain behavior patterns, you will find someone with addictive beha- behaviors, and that means that either they can have an eating disorder, or they can be addicted to drugs and alcohol, and instead of getting the help or seeking the help what they do is they use the drugs and alcohol to numb those feelings of inadequacy and sometimes it creates other issues. Now we've seen and heard where people are found dead in the middle of a parking lot and often because of a drug overdose especially if there hasn't been any foul play. And often, often that's due to some type of addictive behavior. And it's important that when you recognize it, if you don't have anyone to call that you know that, that, that you're a friend or a close relative, there are hotlines that you can use. And it's important to keep those because it's the only way to make sure that you are doing the right things. So do you do what you can to improve your mental health? One reason many people slip into these uh, aforementioned habits is that they can be quite alluring, avoiding social contact or distracting yourself with endless social media feeds can be easy. It is easy to avoid dealing with upset people by just saying yes and mounting tasks upon yourself. But this can serve to help you run from the important task of processing your thoughts and feelings, not exercising or staying indoors all day, can seem like easiest choice. And it is easy to stay up all night watching TV and having your nightly glass of wine and potions of comfort foods. But you must realize that the small things do add up. You must also remember that the assignment of taking care of your mental health is in your hands and all that you do or don't do works for or against you. We recognize some of the easier, that it is easier said than done. If it was so easy, I would have done it before. If you can do anything in yourself to feel better, Just give it a try and no judgment. Now, early 60s was when you started seeing the self-help industry come about, and that's when you started seeing motivational speakers talk about ways to overcome whatever limiting beliefs you have. And remember, you can go to my website, and that website is the number one personalcareercoach.com, where you can sign up for both individual and group coaching and find some of the better ways to help to cope with whatever is going on in your personal life.